promised justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfection of our before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Then Peter said in reply, Though we have left everything and followed you, what then shall we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on His glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and inherit eternal life. 
eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last birds. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. Peace be to you who reads the good tidings unto all people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Sunday after Pentecost, and every single year we commemorate on this day all of the saints from Adam till the last person who is deemed holy. And this includes the ones that we have officially canonized and know about, who adorn our walls and our churches and our homes. And it also includes those that we don't officially know about, but God knows. And the church sets them aside and brings them to our attention because we are to imitate them, to be inspired by them, to ask for their intercessions. As the epistle reading says, we are to be aware at all times that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses so that we too might run the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, so that we, like them, can win the prize. And this morning, during the Orthro service, we read from the very first morning gospel. And in that gospel from St. Matthew, it says, Christ says, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the Gospel reading also speaks about discipleship. And the reason why the Gospel focuses on discipleship because to be a saint, you have to be a disciple. And I wanted to draw our attention to the morning gospel during the Orthro service because he says, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The word vatisis literally means to be immersed. And so to be baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is literally to be immersed in communion and union with the Holy Trinity. When the Apostle Paul talks about baptism, he says, all who have been baptized into Christ have literally clothed themselves with Christ. There's very little more intimate contact that you can have with something than your clothing. So the point here is for us to be disciples, 
We have to be in intimate contact and communion and union with Christ. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is a relationship of intimacy. It isn't because the Apostle Paul has disappeared that he has lost his own personhood. We know that the union between the Apostle Paul and Jesus Christ is a union without confusion. He is still 100% Paul. But he has aligned his will to such a degree with the will of God then he can say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is if Christ and I are one. I have in a way moved out of the way so that Jesus Christ can direct me and guide me and shine forth through me. When we look at the Gospel reading for the liturgy, The Apostle Matthew gives us some of the qualities of a disciple. We must acknowledge Christ before men. Now it's easy to acknowledge Christ when you're with like-minded people. When they support your Christianity, it's easy for you to make the sign of the cross. It's easy for you to bow your head in front of them and pray. It's easy for you to say things like, Glory be to God. Thanks be to God. God willing. It's easy for you to state what you believe when you're with like-minded people. But how easy is it for us to acknowledge Jesus Christ before all men? In Portland you're going to quite often find yourself in the minority. In fact, you're going to find yourself in circles of people that look down on you and ridicule you and think that you are an idiot, stupid, unintelligent, or worse, a hater, intolerant, narrow-minded, superstitious, because you believe in Jesus Christ. And you know it. So for you to acknowledge Christ humbly, authentically, sincerely before that crowd, that is a feat of faith. That is an act of courage. That is something that is then motivated not by a distorted love of self, but it is motivated by a love for Christ more than self. Because you're actually setting yourself up to be mistreated or to be misunderstood. But you are then acting as a witness of your faith in Jesus Christ, of your love and of something that binds you, your discipleship to the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on further to say that if you love father or mother or brother or sister or wife or friend, you could extrapolate, 
that you are not worthy to be my disciple. Does this mean that to be a disciple of Christ, He does not want you to love your father or your mother or your brother or your sister or your spouse or your children? Of course not. He wants you to love them. But He wants you to love Him more than them so that through Him you can properly and rightly love your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and your spouse and your children. The saints did not become holy because they have holiness in them. We don't call them holy, holy, and we don't call them holy, holy, holy. We only call the saints holy because they have plugged in to the source of holiness, who we call holy, 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 the Lord of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are filled with His glory. Their holiness comes from the source of holiness. Our love, our faith, comes from the source of faith and the source of love. We cannot love father, mother, brother, sister, son, or daughter, or spouse unless we first love Christ more than anything. He has to be our first love for us to love undistortedly. And to be a disciple. And then he goes on. And he uses the apostles themselves. As an example of discipleship. Because they have left everything. They have taken up their cross. And they have followed him. If we want to be disciples. Which is the first step to become saints. Which is the goal of every human being's life in the church then we must be willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill God's will for us. For me, which is not the same for you, but you must be willing to leave everything, bear any cross, any hardship, any trial, any tribulation, any illness, everything, for the sake of fulfilling what God is calling you to do. If it means leaving everything, I promise you, you will miss nothing that you have left behind more than what you have gained by following Christ. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain, said St. Paul. To live is Christ, but to die is even better. I consider everything he said that I ever had, all my possessions, all of my education, my citizenship as a Roman, my title and, and status among the Jews as a Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin, as a zealot for the law, I consider everything as refuse compared to the pearl of great price that I have found in Jesus Christ. That's someone who loves Him more than anyone or anything else. And you can see the joy and the fulfillment that comes from Him because of that. The world does not judge the same way that heaven judges. And so Matthew finishes by saying, Whoever is last will be first, and whoever is first will be last. 
in the world. Because the heavenly kingdom looks at the things of the world in a different way than the world looks at them. And if we find ourselves chasing after the world and its values, we may find ourselves either not in the kingdom at all or last in the kingdom. And it is so easy, my dear brothers and sisters, for us to chase the values of the world. We're immersed in it after all. We're bombarded constantly with the values of the world. There are trillions and trillions of dollars of marketing power and momentum behind the values of the world. But not much is spent on the values of heaven. And so we have to be intentional about being willing to be last in this world in order to be first in the kingdom of heaven. And that is not an easy thing. I wanted to end by just sharing a little bit about the short-term mission team that you sent by your financial support and by your prayers to Mexico. Because they tasted just a little bit of what it means to be a disciple. To deny themselves, to love people who really couldn't give them anything in return, except an example, which is profound, and all of us left with the example of the gratitude that comes from the appreciation of the simple things. That's actually a treasure that we receive that you can't put a price tag on. But keep in mind that the people that were served are even the poor of Tijuana. And Tijuana is poor compared to San Diego, to Portland, to Beaverton, to Tiger, to Hillsborough. These people lived literally in shacks. The family that we served didn't even have a kitchen. They really didn't have anything but dirt under their feet. For a wall and roof, they used the vinyl discarded from billboards because now they paint the billboards on vinyl and then they put them up on the actual structure. Well, this one had been discarded and it was literally laid over whatever materials they could make to make a frame. They owned that land, they lived on it, but they could not afford a structure with a door or windows or even locks. So, thank God we were able to go, live in tents, eat beans and rice, maybe get a Parasite or two, some of us, <laughs> in order to receive the blessing that we received by being able to serve this family and to serve three other families because total of four homes were built, to be able to meet beautiful people from as far east as Maryland and Boston, from Michigan, from Canada, up and down the west coast. Uh, from uh, even Arizona and San Diego 
and to be able to uh, bond with like-minded people, but more than that, to taste just a little bit of what it means to set aside our worldly cares, to focus on Christ and the image of Christ in others, and to be able to go and deny ourselves and take up little crosses, and to be able to relish the fact that from a world's point of view, we were putting ourselves last, that we might taste of what it means to be valued and honored in the kingdom of heaven. So talk to those who went today and let them share with you what they took from the experience and learned. And let us all look at all the saints, no matter what kind of walk of life or personality or time period that they lived in. And let us understand through them and through our own little experiences what it means to be a disciple, to put Christ first, to love Him, to actualize our baptism. For us to be able to begin to say, as the Apostle Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Amen.